0: to another episode of Product Thinking. I am Kyle Evans. And this week we are talking about take-home interview assignments. Six tips for managers and interviewers to do them right. So with a new year, many of us are looking for that new role. The great resignation of 2021 continues to accelerate. And I expect we'll see a lot of people and jobs in motion. So maybe you're interviewing now. Maybe you have roles to fill on your team. Maybe you are looking to switch jobs or companies. On either side of the table, whether interviewer or interviewee, take-home assignments may play a part in that decision. This goes for many roles, from UX to product management to engineering and beyond. We covered this topic, among many others, in a recent Product by Design podcast, and I have linked to that in this week's newsletter, uh, which you can find at productthinking.cc or the links in the show notes, but I want to dive deeper into tips for creating good take home assignments. This goes for interviewers and managers creating the work as well as candidates who are given the assignments. So take home assignments, they include anything you ask a candidate to do outside of your actual interviews. It includes specific prep work that you may have a candidate do for an interview or round of interviews. or other assignments that they can either send or present or discuss. I'm generally a fan of take-home assignments. I like them when they are structured correctly. They give managers the ability to see aspects of a candidate that may otherwise be difficult to explore in a standard interview and, you know, in the 30-minute or one-hour discussion that you have mostly over Zoom or video conferencing at this point, but also in person. They also give the candidates the ability to showcase more skills than just answering interview questions or talking in a one-on-one scenario, whether that is writing, presenting, critical thinking, etc. cetera. Uh, take-home work also allows for some flexibility and time to think. Uh, rather than trying to answer questions on the spot, rapid fire style, a candidate can think through it and prepare. And I personally value that uh, as a candidate, since I'm better at preparation than on-the-spot answers. I also value it as an interviewer because I get to see the best of someone rather than potentially a flustered version of them, depending on how the interview goes or the questions. So all that said, it is important that we structure take-home assignments in the right way to get the most out of them and not to burden candidates. So how do we do that? So here we go, the six tips for creating take-home assignments. Number one, first up, make it clear. Make the expectations for the assignment clear. If you want a candidate to create a presentation, tell them that. If you want them to prepare three wireframes, then tell them that you're looking for three wireframes. There may be some value in leaving work open-ended so candidates can approach however they like, but that should also be clear. Uh, When I was hiring for a UX designer, we created a take-home assignment for the candidates with a specific problem area and a deliverable of three to five mockups they could walk us through. We tried to be very clear about what we hoped to see and what the purpose was, and it worked very well. As a candidate, if you feel like something is unclear, ask about it. Remember, hiring managers are people too, and often very busy, and they may have overlooked something or just not taken enough time to flesh out the details. Or maybe a take-home assignment is brand new, and it is in its trial stages. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't assume that asking questions will hurt your chances either. If something is unclear to you, it's probably unclear to others. So don't go away and get to work if you don't feel like you understand. It will be a massive waste of your time and everyone else's. You know, I struggled early in my career to ask enough questions. I felt like I should always understand, and if I didn't, it was my fault. But that's not necessarily the case. So, don't be afraid to ask those questions. All right, that's first up. Second, make it appropriate for the role. Make the take home assignment appropriate for the role. As a hiring manager, you should ensure that what you're asking candidates to do is appropriate for the role, meaning that a junior UX designer shouldn't have to create a design system or a product manager shouldn't create a strategy presentation for a new product you're thinking about. Those may be good tasks for potential heads of product or UX leads, but they are too much for junior roles. So make sure that the ask you have is congruent with the role that people are applying for. So that's number two. Number three, make it time-boxed. Along the same lines as ensuring that the work aligns with the role, you should also ensure that there's a way to limit amount of work as well. This involves really thinking through the structure of what you're asking. Since you can't actually dictate how much time a candidate spends on a task on their own, you need to be really thoughtful about what you're asking someone to do. Because let's be real, if you said that you don't expect something to take more than an hour or two, many of those type a personalities who demand perfection of themselves will likely spend an order of magnitude more time on it especially for opportunities they were really interested in i know because i've done that personally i recall an assignment i received several years ago it involved preparing a presentation around a potential new product it wasn't supposed to be more preparation than an hour or two <laughs> yeah right I spent several hours each night for a week working on that, and then at least eight hours the final day before I sent it over. All told, I probably spent 20 to 30 hours working on it, an order of magnitude more than I should have. But I did a tremendous amount of research into the industry. I created not only a pitch, but an entirely new business model. I refined all the transitions and made the entire presentation really eye-catching and professional. It was absolutely insane. Uh, thinking about it now. By the end, I was not only convinced on the product itself, I was ready to pursue it, whether or not I got the role I was interviewing for. I was almost ready to go raise funds and create my own company based on this. I didn't though. And I didn't get the role either, which subsequently worked out just fine uh, because the, en- the company ended up not creating that new product or business and actually doing massive layoffs shortly after we had spoken. Uh, hence why I did not get it. But regardless, the level of effort I put in was far too much. And that's partly on me, but also on the manager for not structuring the assignment in a way that limits the time spent. In my own interviews, I intentionally limit what I ask for. Like I mentioned, that may include limiting the number of wireframes. For product managers, I may ask for a one-page document or a half-page answer to a question or a three-slide presentation on a a limited topic. Those give me the opportunity to see specific skills in action, like writing or presenting, without opening the door for endless hours of writing and preparation. So that's it. Uh, That was number three. Make it time-boxed. On to number four. Fourth tip: make it outside your company's problems. It's easy to create a problem set for the problems you're dealing with as a company or team. But it's not fair to ask candidates who may have limited knowledge of your company or industry to solve your specific problems. Uh, additionally, it's hard to be objective about a candidate's work when you are so close to the problems and solutions yourself. This creates the potential for bias. If I give a candidate a take-home assignment that very closely mirrors what we're doing on our team or within our company, I may prefer the candidate who best approximates my own thinking on the issue, and that may blind me as a manager to candidates who arrived at different solutions but had solid thinking as well as solid writing or presenting skills. Uh, For all of this, I prefer to keep take-home assignments more generic and further away from my company, or team-specific issues. Additionally, asking candidates to solve problems specific to your company gives the feeling that you're asking them to do work for you before you even hire them. That generally isn't the case, uh, but it gives a bad impression, so avoid it. So that was number four. Uh, Fifth up, fifth tip, make it a discussion, not a filter. So I was reading recently, about a company that uses take-home assignments as an initial filter or screening for candidates. Before candidates even talk with a manager or recruiter, the company is sending them work to do to be considered. Don't do that. Take-home work should come after, and it should come later in the interview process. Once the interviewer and the candidate feel like the role is a good potential fit, it should add to the conversation and to the interview. As an interviewer, You should only ask for things that you're willing to spend time reviewing and discussing. Take-home work should be part of the interview process. If you ask for something as a manager, you should have an interview where you walk through the work, ask questions, allow the candidates to discuss it. This is true of presentations, of written documents, of, of anything. As a hiring manager, I want to see the work, but I also want to let candidates tell me more. If a candidate prepares a presentation, obviously it makes sense to let them present and discuss. If they create wireframes, we want to understand their thinking and, and ask questions. And if they prepared a business document or a future press release, which by the way is one of my favorites, we want to discuss it and debate it. That is what all of these items are for, both in an interview and on the job. There shouldn't be anything that we're creating as candidates or as employees that isn't meant for discussion and for debate. So as a candidate, if you see companies using take-home work as a filter, just walk away and don't look back. Ultimately, you've dodged a bullet with that one. All right, last up, sixth tip, empathize. Remember, an hour-long presentation by a candidate requires numerous hours of preparation. Anyone who has done public speaking or created presentations knows Good ones require significant work. Potentially dozens of hours could go into creating an hour-long presentation. Good writing, good designing, good coding is also extremely labor-intensive, depending on what the specific piece is that you're creating or working on. As hiring managers, we should understand this difficulty. On top of that, interviewing for roles is rarely the only thing a candidate has on their plate. They may work full-time, have a family, have other activities and responsibilities. We need to understand and empathize with this. And this includes giving the right amount of time for a candidate to do the work they need. I recall one company many years ago asking me to complete a take-home assignment in a standard time frame they give to all candidates. But that didn't work for me because I had other things going on. I could understand that they wanted to level the playing field for all candidates by allowing same amount of time, but we have to understand that giving each candidate two days, for example, to work on something does not necessarily make it equal. Some candidates may have nothing else to do and can dedicate 10 hours per day to working on something. Uh, They may have more flexibility in their current roles or fewer responsibilities, while other candidates may only have an hour to spare in order to work on something. In, in a given day or a given two-day period. So we have to understand this and work with candidates to create realistic expectations. The main point isn't to filter them out, at least it shouldn't be, but to give them an opportunity to create good work. And if that takes two days for one candidate and six days for another, that needs to be fine. So as a candidate, if it doesn't seem like your interviewer is showing much empathy or understanding, walk away. It is most likely they're looking for cogs to plug into the system, and believe that they just need to churn through enough people to get there. You wanna be valued for the work that you do and who you are, not simply for being a cog in the system. So, wrapping this up as managers, tank-home assignments can be powerful tools to understand potential candidates. It can give them a chance to show skills and understanding that is difficult in a standard interview format. As candidates, take home assignments can give you more flexibility and an opportunity to go deeper into certain skills you have. But for take home assignments to be effective as interview tools, they need to be structured correctly. Assignments should add meaningfully to the discussion and process and not detract from it or become too onerous or become filtering mechanisms. But with a few tips, we can all make the most of our time, our interviews and our skills that we'd like to showcase. So there you have it, the six tips for creating good take-home assignments, and then managing them both as managers and as candidates. So a couple other good links as well that I have included in this week's newsletter. Uh, In praise of unglamorous American invention, an article from Wired. Uh, Interesting article praising some lower-key inventions. It includes wood glue as one of them, which is near and dear to my heart as a woodworker. So quoting from that, while some luthiers still use animal glue when they build stringed inst- instruments, yes, the kind rendered from animal hides, most woodworkers have switched to PVA, and especially Bond, and especially for projects that need a on 3, which inspires arias of awe all over the woodworking internet. It's very true. <laughs> I love type on three. It's a great glue. It's, it's an amazing wood glue. So check out that article. Uh, another article, the surprising power of the long game, uh, coming from Farnham street. I've always been about the long game, and this was a good take on short versus long games. Uh, quoting from it, every action is a step toward the short game or the long game you can't opt out and you can't play a long term game in everything. You need to pick what matters to you, but in everything you do, time amplifies the difference between long and short term games. The question you need to think about is when and where to play a long term game. A good place to start is with the things that compound knowledge, relationships, and finances. So some some great advice there. And finally, the tech and products that stood out at CES. A couple articles from a couple different sources. Because I just, I love CES. It's a fun way to see new products that may come soon. And others that um, we may never actually see. So check out those. I, I put a couple links to that. Uh, some really, really cool things that came out from this year. Uh, that certainly caught my eye. Things like glasses that uh, help those with uh, poor eyesight or difficulty seeing um, something I, I find super fascinating and and I'm excited to see more uh, along those lines. And, you know, some other off the wall types, type stuff, uh, smart doors and whatnot. It was, it was inevitable. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm excited to see where that sort of thing goes. And all, of course, all of the standard things. Anyway, check that out. All of the links in the article at productthinking.cc, which of course I link in the show notes. Uh, You can of course follow me on social medias like Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. And that's it for this week. So we'll talk to you again soon.